0: For you, the listeners of my JavaScript story, Loot Crate is offering an opportunity to save 10% on any new subscription at LootCrate.com. Just enter the promo code Bridge10 for 10% savings. Loot Crate is one of my favorite things. Every month I get a box in the mail, costs less than $20, and it comes with all kinds of goodies. I have stuff from just looking at my shelf, Batman, Spider-Man, Ninja Turtles, Back to the Future, Lord of the Rings, Star Wars and much much more. So if you're a geek, a gamer, anything like that and you want cool stuff to put around your office, cool t-shirts, comic books, etc, then definitely check out Loot Crate. To save 10% on your new subscription, go to lootcrate.com/ruby. Again, that's lootcrate.com/ruby to save 10% on any new subscription. Enter the promo code BRIDGE10 for 10% savings. Hey, everybody, and welcome to another My Ruby Story. This week, we're talking to Jerome Hardaway. Jerome, do you want to say hi? Hey, everybody. How are you guys doing? Now, I would list all the episodes you were on, but you were on a few because you used to be on the panel for Ruby Rogue. So instead of doing that, I'm kind of curious. Do you want to just talk about your experience being a panelist for a minute?
1: Yeah, sure. I'm a panelist. My experience as a panelist is pretty cool. Uh, We're able to do a lot of cool things and meet a lot of people. It was a great you know, it's a great way of showing how you, showing your knowledge, showing how you interact with people on a technical level, showing how you interact with people on a uh, non-technical level, adding to your personality. And especially as someone who's, who's, who is trying to get to the next level, I've always been a person that's always trying to reach my career goals in as expeditious time as possible. But getting to that next level, being a new panelist on Ruby Rogues, I was really great so yeah that was i guess in a in a basically in a nutshell that was my experience
0: cool and just to put a few things in there you did come on as a guest for episode 279 of ruby rogues talking about vetsu code yeah. and episode 239 of javascript jabber also talking about vetsu code so
1: yeah. So, yeah, both of those episodes, talking, uh, talking about Betsy Code, work we do with the veterans for free there. And then I was able to transition on as a panelist. I uh, did that what, for almost
0: a year, I think. Yeah, something like that. Yeah. So. Very cool. Well, let's dive in and talk about your story. Let's, let's figure out what makes Jerome tick. I'd like to start with how you got into programming.
1: Oh yeah. Well, I got into programming by accident. I was security forces in the air force. I ended up getting out up the military, and I ended up getting out up the military due to uh, during the recession. So I'm out with what we like to call our GT two fourteen, our magic ticket, thinking that you know some company is going to snatch me up quickly. And I that was the biggest I mean, that was the biggest mistake that I ever thought of. You know, I was getting the classic. Thank you for your thank you for your service, but you're not qualified to work here. Oh wow, yeah. So I was, just like I said, it's 2009, 2010 for timeframe, going everywhere, and basically only jobs that I was technically qualified for on a civilian side or a law enforcement, LEO style, style, style jobs, or private military contractor or security guard if i didn't want to do any of those and mm-hmm. leo jobs were not hiring there's a government freeze on that private military contractor just did not sit, feel attractive to me at all and um, the other one uh, security guard and wasn't that that job didn't pay well at all right so i was just you know three months into the game of being as a, a, a from active duty to a veteran, thinking, what were my next uh, steps? So I had a nice little savings, but I knew that wasn't going to last forever. And I had them see this commercial about uh, all these other job opportunities, including coding. Mm-hmm. And I was like, well, let me see what this coding thing is about. Like, I did some research on it, and I just happened to have an old book on SQL, and after like that, I was going through this book and I ended up getting good enough of that sequel to the point where I was able to get a job with a department of security dealing with databases. And that was a wrap. Took, uh, took some time off to go back home to Memphis to help sick family relative. And then I was a sick relative, and then I was able to get back to the game a little bit. Took a job at nonprofit as a marketing assistant, but as when you're like 24, 25, the first thing that they do is they tell you to fix your website because you're young, so you should be able to figure it out. So that quickly introduced me to WordPress, and quickly made me hate WordPress. Um, <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah. Biggest turn and burn uh, of light and burnout language framework is probably that time frame, and uh, that got me. uh, But I was able to do three versions of their site uh, that way. Fast forward to 2014. Summer 2014, there was a huge scandal type thing going on uh, with the VA, and there was in my hometown. There was a veteran had fallen, um, lost his life to a situation. Police uh, they even stuck him as being armed, and the problem was, you know. Department of Veteran Affairs said they weren't at fault. So as a result, um, they were going to give him his family money for like $300 for his burial. But that was it. Yeah, so I ended up using my technical skills and my marketing skills. And I ran a campaign with a web app that I had made so that people could pay directly to the family and stuff. And that raised, I think, twenty $10,000, 27 hours. Well, so that had... Uh, gotten the attention of like the guys at General Assembly because I had built a product that actually had tangible results. And they had invited me to uh, go to GA for three months on uh, a scholarship. So I went to New York in November and never looked back. You said GA, that's General Assembly, right? Yeah. So, and then I, you know, that was pretty much my big, you know, incubator code school experience i was one of the few people that came in that already had kind of a product like you know and for me everybody was already people were thinking about their end of year project things like that i was only thinking about how to make uh Betsy code better yep. so and you know having a project that was out and i think that's something that people really don't think about, especially new troops or new programmers. They always think about their portfolio, their portfolio, their portfolio, and having a bunch of things to showcase a few things. But having something that works that has tangible results yeah. outweighs having a uh, portfolio or GitHub filled with fluff, you know, any day of the week. Like you have a bunch of people projects all you want to, but people usually go for, you know, products over projects any day of the week. And that's something I wish more code schools would teach. Uh, you know, there, are you know grads coming out building something that users use, and you're able to tell. You know, just not only talk about business logic, but being able to talk about you know business logic on the code side, but business logic on the um, act mm-hmm. on the business side. You know, mm-hmm. makes more sense. How do you make these business decisions to do this, do that, do third? That, that? that is something that I think really helped me. I ended up getting my first, such my first job six weeks into the cohort. This cohort was 12 weeks long, had a job offer already signed, and that was a, a Rails position. I uh, chose Ruby and Rails outside looking for like more JavaScript or easier uh, front-end stuff at the time because that was before the front-end development got so sophisticated. You know, this was, you know, right. React was just a baby. People were, were using Angular 1 and hated Angular 1. Ember was just coming out. It's time. Uh, <laughs> so... Right. So I used it, you know, it was a tactical decision. I knew that if I was using Ruby Ruby and Rails back home, even though it wasn't the most popular stack at home, I might be back home in Memphis, it was a, a, a Java PHP town. But I knew that by going this route, one, I would have higher possibilities of getting a job as being, you know, I'm not someone switching over from another language, I'm someone that, you know, that's native to idiomatic Ruby. Uh, from the code school, and two, the chances of getting fired are shorter because they wouldn't be able to replace me is long. Life. So they have to invest more time in helping me grow. Uh, <laughs> so that was my decision, and why my decision was based upon that. End up, of course, finding others uh, like three Ruby positions in my whole in the whole city, end up getting one of them, and like was able to just focus on Ruby on Rails for the entire time I was there, about two two
0: years. Right. And so did you, did you come across Ruby on Rails then at General Assembly or were you looking at it before then?
1: I had looked at it a little bit before then, but I just, because, you know, in the end, you you might see something you like, but you're not really, you know, running towards it because of work or whatever. And I saw it, you know, when I was working on PHP because, you know, PHP made me hate PHP. And I was looking for something (laughs) here. And Ruby was it, like Ruby, everything was an object. It read like really bad two-year-old English, uh, but I could deal with that. Like mm-hmm. It was, you know, it was simple. It's one of those things where Ruby is simple and beautiful. Rails can be as a, you know, Ruby's easy, Rails has a learning curve. And that's always been my experience with the language and the frameworks. It's that I've always been a better Rubyist than a better Rails developer. So, right. like, that is one thing that I liked about it was just how easy it was for me to be able to solve problems in the language.
0: Yeah, absolutely. And, uh, yeah, I I got into, when I got into Ruby, it was through Rails. And I figured out, yeah, a lot of these mechanisms in Ruby, they they enable what I'm doing in Rails. But, yeah, it, it's, it's Ruby that's both the thing that's most powerful and what provides what I like about rails. Yeah. Yeah. And yeah, there's definitely a learning curve for, curve for rails. I'm curious, have you found that the learning curve has gotten steeper for rails? There's always this endless debate and I'm kind of curious where you come down on that.
1: Uh, I think it has, I think it's gotten steeper in a different sense. I think the community or the job market in America per, per se. I I don't know. I can speak I I think in Japan you still can be a Ruby purist and get away with it and get employed. But in America, Ruby is attached to Rails. And right. Rails isn't playing being a Rubyist and being a, a Rails developer isn't playing, you know, center stage when it comes to many applications it's, you have to know this while also being Adequate at some front end framework in coupling or decoupling them. So I think that's the biggest issue with a lot of companies right now. Is why they're not having uh, the type of results and metrics that they want. Is that they want their Ruby as and Rails devs to you know play you know, to have the thing that they love or the thing they're expert in play second fiddle to React, like, you know, it's at the point now where 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 ROR doesn't stand for Ruby on Rails, it stands for React on Rails because that is the common, that is right now the most common one that's connected to uh, Rails. Uh, Every most, um, I think think maybe GitHub is one of the few ones that I have seen that still is just looking for pure Rails developer, but developers, but most companies are looking for a Rails developer with React experience, or a Rails developer with Angular experience, or a Rails developer with Ember experience. So, it's not Rails that's taking the center stage anymore, and that's what's mm-hmm. making it so much harder, because in the end, Rails developers, they have to keep up with the things that are coming out with Rails, like, you know, Rails 5, and, you know, new, the new features that have mm-hmm. been coming out, and then they have to keep up with, you know, the JavaScript community, which will quickly lead to burnout. And so we're doing two things where people are not, because now you have two sophisticated systems instead of one sophisticated system and one system that, you know, one language that you have to use just for the front end. You have a sophisticated system uh, and framework for just the front end, sophisticated framework for the server-side code, and you have to be able to actively work with them both. And that is causing a problem where, people are either choosing or are capable of being the level of expertise that makes them feel adequate in both. So you're having to sacrifice here and there. Or people who are like me, professionally choosing to just to a different between one or the other and just going one direction because it's just it's easier to uh, go that route.
0: That's interesting. And I, th- I think you've got the right idea there. I mean, the core principles that make up Rails and made it nice and easy and, you know, quick development, all that stuff. Yeah, that's definitely, you know, most of that's not changed a ton. But yeah, it's the just the nature of where web is going that's, that's changed the game. I, I think that's an accurate, it's a summary of, of what you said. And I think what you said is pretty accurate is that, yeah, more and more companies are looking for some of these systems to manage their front end. Yeah. So I'm curious, uh, what have you done in Ruby and Rails that you're particularly proud of?
1: Uh, I think the most thing I did was being able, my first job was the most thing I was proud of. Like being able to come in green is all get out. Like there should, uh, being the right person for the job when I clearly was the wrong person for the job on paper Mm -hmm. was like the most proud I could ever be. Getting into a job and, you know, you're sinking, you're always... uh, I'm, you know, I come in and I'm thinking that I'm gonna have a mentor. Like, I just gonna get perfect web development jobs. and do like stuff I see on TV and all the pictures. i like the views. I'm mm-hmm. like, Dan. nah. I'm the only Rails developer. The senior guy is a PHP developer. Never touched Rails day in his life, and the other developer is a .NET developer. So, <laughs> nice. and here I am with, you know, they have four Rails apps for me that I'm supposed to maintain, three. Rails apps that I need to build is in the docket. I'm not only learning about the web; I'm learning how different countries use the web. I'm having to figure out, you know, how to use Ruby on Rails, and you know, I'm being. <laughs> and it's very, one situation that got really hairy is I was building a Rails app for a company in Japan through them, and the company in Japan, they were mad and they couldn't use any Japanese Rubyists or Japanese Ruby on Rails developers, because obviously Ruby's built in Japan, so why would they pay an American company to use mm-hmm. a framework that, you know, can easily been done, like, probably 10 times better uh, over there, because it yep. was you know, it's home. So it was just like, it was crazy. I had to learn how to use Rails. I think, and it wasn't really new back then. I mean, it wasn't really uh, often used back then, but I had to use, I had to use Node and Rails in conjunction with each other. So I did my first little microservice style component with all in Rails. And that was new, it was all about being able to use this Node package to, you know, pulling all the poster codes for Japan. And I don't know if you guys know about Japanese postal codes, but every street has a poster code. It's not like America at all. So every block has its own poster code. So they're in there every time they're doing new development, things like that, they're adding a poster code. So they're like, I think they have way, like there are millions more code codes than where there are in America. Mm-hmm. And going through that process of trying to use this, package so that regularly updated. Uh, that was from Node into Ruby, and not having a Ruby gem for that, and thinking, well, maybe I could, you know, if trying to find all the solutions to it. It took me like three days to get to a adequate solution, and when I finally got there, it was just like, oh, you know, I solved the problem, didn't get fired. It's pretty cool. Uh, <laughs> so that was <laughs> like one of my, like, that's something I'm most proud of, being able to say, you know, I worked on apps that you know were live in Australia or live in Japan or, you know, live in Germany and things like that. And you're looking at something and you're looking at web traffic or you're looking at the price point that a client has made for an app you built. And you're like, holy shit. Like this dude, you know, he's paid a million dollars for this thing. And I just built a million dollar app. Like, oh my goodness. Like what am I supposed to do in my life <laughs> after this? A variety is over. But now I know it's so much more.
0: Yeah. Yep. Absolutely. Well, I, I love just the the aspects of that, right? You know, that first job, I shouldn't have gotten this job, but I did what I had to to make it work. And again, just, you know, being willing to learn and picking this stuff up and just, the you know, the, the personal drive.
1: Yeah. I think it says yeah. a lot
0: about you, but I think it also says a lot about, you know, just... What people can really accomplish, you know, the the limiting factor in a lot of ways is you.
1: Yeah. One of the things I teach to my students, I just had a veteran uh, just accept a job offer at Microsoft. Right. And it comes down like what what I've seen in my veterans who don't perform as well as some of the others is they're looking from software engineering the same way or web development and boot camps from how it's being sold by for-profit boot camps. Like, you know, the education stops at the boot camp, where it's more, you know, here's a training, here you'll get a job. Like, you know, I try to, my approach to even picking the students is totally different from boot camps. I'm trying to scare you away. I'm like, this is, you know, I treat, I treat it like boxing. Like, this is the hardest job you ever have. Like, why would you want to mm-hmm. do this to yourself? Like you are aware that you'll never stop learning, right? Like all that free time you had is gone. All that, uh, you know, you might have to pick a day where you had to binge all your shows, but you're trying to stay up at midnight to like watch that. uh, To be at GameStop for the when the new game drops, that life is over. Mm -hmm. Uh, (laughs) So yeah, yeah, I try to I I try to scare them away because I'm like, you know, this is hard and uh, you know. It's a never stop stopping. It. It's a skills paid a bills job. You get into it, but you get out of it. If you're not getting, if you're not getting the type of uh, results that you want, first thing I'm going to do is ask for your GitHub, and then I'm going to point to you, point out what's the issues. Like, are you have like, you know, 30 commits on your GitHub, but like, no one's going to call you that, or you're having what? Look at your projects. so like, none of your projects are fully fleshed out, so like, no one would call you for that. Things like that, and. This guy, he was, you know, for going back to Microsoft, uh, true. He's very, you know, high speed. He's always asking. And when we were helping him with his project, he was, we were showing him how to use no Azure, and he always, like he he's always pushing the envelope. And that's something that, you know, I try to put to in my own experience. I tell them, you know, I'm, I'm up to score 430 every day training. Like I spend the first two hours training my skill because that's, you know, what I depend on like I can go work out or I can go and do the things that I need it for me to like make sure I have the money to afford the gym I want to go to right yep and then you know that's how I teach them like I teach them from that point of view skills pay the bills and I would never make you do something that I or tell you to do something that I've never done type deal or that I wouldn't do and I, I think it's easier when people wake up and they see that I've already been on Slack for like 2 3 hours so they see mm-hmm. I got like six get pushes already I push to right. get yeah so that just helps them with their motivation.
0: Yeah, that makes sense. Um, I kind of want to move on and talk a little bit about Vetsu code. Sure, go for it. Hey, do so, uh, do you want to just talk a little bit about what that is and how that got started?
1: Well, yeah, well, it got, it was started 2014 while I was actually, like, right before I left for code school. But it's a 100% remote, uh, one of the first of its kind, remote software engine, uh, remote nonprofit. Uh, we don't charge, it's highly selective, but we don't charge the veterans at all. Uh, all we do is that we take what the veteran is, we choose the veteran, and we train them up. Um, our stack used to be uh, JavaScript and Ruby on Rails. But now it's just pure JavaScript, so we're focusing a lot with a lot more focus on computer science, functional programming, inventive programming, object-oriented mm-hmm. programming. And we also teach React and Node, but most, the priority is solving problems in the language.
0: That makes sense.
1: Yeah. You know, we don't want them with, being with you know, coming to the employers with a bunch of mm-hmm. CRUD apps. We want them to be able to actually solve those white, white work problems or those code challenges that they get. So that's where we, you know, we focus on being able to solve the problem and be able to build things.
0: Yeah, that makes sense. So how many how many people do you help out every year?
1: Uh, we try to, we use to knock out crazy numbers, but it was quickly getting burnout. So now we're doing about 26 to 30 people a year, 12 more, I uh, no more than 13 man fire teams, so about 26 people a year. Two thirteen man squads. When I say man, I'm talking about men and women, it's just some it's military lingo. Sorry. So, two thirteen man squads is the max we usually do, but we also, we, like I said, we're very selective. This uh, cohort, we only selected four because. These four had already shown us the things they were looking for in regards to not just aptitude, but willingness to right. work hard is one of those things where, you know, people give us free resources to pass on to you. You're coming through the cohort, you're getting like a thousand, you know, from a thousand and fifteen hundred dollars with the free stuff. You're getting a mentorship. You're getting hours from, you know, people who could be doing other things with their life. So mm-hmm. I need to know you're serious. Like, I don't oh, I, you know I, don't, I need to know that you, you know, get, you just want some free resources that you're not even going to know how to use. If I them to you, then bounce. So that is, you know, what we, that's what I, that's what we look for. Very, very serious about that. Where, you know, we want people who are willing to do the work and not people who just want to, you know, show up and, or not show up to just get the free stuff and then, you know, leave.
0: Makes sense.
1: Yeah. And we've also implemented some cool new things. Implemented some cool new things. Like a lot of, like, for instance, what's really been helping us with our veterans and helping them get jobs uh, is having them work on the web app. So you teach the stack that they build in, and then we help them pull features. So we're not only teaching them JavaScript, teaching them HTML, CSS, JavaScript, then they're learning Git Workflow, uh, Kanban, doing a lot of computer science, then we move on to React and Node, and then we do all the job training skills. And only after that can they start pulling features from the comp from the board. so that way and start showing up to our Sunday stand ups and seeing a sign and assign a ticket. And that's helping, you know, people knock out things. One of our top veterans, he's he was very integral in the uh, process of moving our the entire our current website to react and he he's also been leading the charge on you know ripping out things that are very jQuery dependent and to um, and moving them to react components like you know and it's really cool when you see things like that like, you know we were one of the first apps on the market using Gatsby And then, you know, this guy, you know, comes in and changes some of our sliders stuff, and other veterans are, again, coming in getting more involved. And they want to you know, they are excited and they want to see uh, what they can do because it's really, it's cool to have a project. It's not to show off, but it's also cool to have something in production. Right. right? And that's what we do. Like, you know, you don't have, if you don't have an idea, like, you're always welcome to uh, come to our, like utility Don't have they're always welcome to come here. Yeah, we'll make sure you're, spent, you're you sped know, up and things like that. You gotta our metrics before you can touch the web app and get invited to it. But for the most part, they, you know, once they do that, and they see the things that we're working on behind the scenes and things that we want to go with, Our next steps, they're very impressed. And, you know, that's what we, our goal is to keep them uh, happy and keep them trained. So when they get the call, they're able to move to a, to a job and able to have the, not only the skills to pass the test, but they also, you know, they be able to have the, you know, the backing of, I work on this app. This app has done so many cool things over the course of, you know, four years, and I was able to push code to it type deal. And that, you know, that works for us, it's worked for them, it's worked for my own career. So that's what I, you know, one of my goals for this year has been trying Really hard to diminish uh, my roles and things, so I can focus more on other cool things, uh, particularly moving more and more into virtual reality and augmented reality, as well as more React and Ember style things mm-hmm. and one of those, and giving giving the things that have in the best code has given me success, success to other people. Uh, like we recently had a mentor who ended up getting his dream job. At Gremlin, and it was all because he stepped up and he led uh, one of our Ask Me Anything sessions for for on my behalf about SRE, and we happened to have that um, that talk was on video, and it was with her, or, uh, Tammy Butchav, who happened to be at Gremlin. He led it, and he was a he wanted to be he studying SRE for a year, and that was the main reason I gave him the opportunity was because you know I am not interested in SRE at all. Uh, you are uh, why don't you take this role? No, take a shot and we'll go mm-hmm. that's what I've been really focusing on the past year and a half is like finding ways to give other people shots to leverage the nonprofit to get what they want out of it at their own careers so that's what we uh, that's what we're about we're all you know a small team that you know right now we're having like over a 100, 150 people in the channel we're trying to help all of them and be as what we like to call as front site focused as possible
0: so, right. Makes sense. Well, very cool. I'm I'm still a big fan of Vetsu Code, and I just love the idea of helping folks out who have served our country. So, yeah. thank
1: you, thank for support.
0: Yeah. So, what are you working on now? Uh, I, virtual reality and some other stuff. Yeah. I, uh, <laughs>
1: Uh, my current focus is mostly front-end engineering. I'm working on a, I'm, I don't know if you knew this, but I'm with CBS now. They, they scooped me up real fast. Being on Ember and React. And when I'm not doing that, I'm working, um, I'm working on an app with, uh, on Oculus for virtual reality in regards to immersive therapy with healthcare. Oh, Cool. Uh, for veterans so helping with PTSD immersive therapy and uh, hoping we'll be dropping that in November so I actually it was really fun because I was able to meet the head of product of Oculus two weeks ago and he wanted to get us more you know more resources and be able to leverage that uh, more and that's pretty cool so I've been passing emails back and forth with him but that's been um, those have been the two big things that I've been really working on so if it's not Ember and React it's uh, virtual reality of Oculus. So.
0: Very cool. Is is there a way that people can get in and support uh, code or, you know, your current project with the Oculus Rift?
1: Oh, uh, well, Oculus project, I'm kind of working on solo with a few guys, mm-hmm. but code, go to the website, fill out the form, uh, if you're a veteran, apply. Uh, what, I will re- what I will recommend is to research and, like, we're very serious about know the type of people that we're getting. So if you're a veteran and you actually want to do it, I highly recommend you have at least. You don't have to be an expert at JavaScript at all, but you need to at least have tried to write code, try to learn code, mm-hmm. have a GitHub account or something, a project you can present. The less stuff you have to offer, the less likely you are to get, you know, a callback or. A uh, email saying that hey you're in or hey we'd like to talk to you because you know we're looking for those people that don't that won't waste our resources. Like especially in our community, it's very hard to say that, but in the end, it's like you know these people, uh, people companies, they trust us with their resources that we're going to give it to not just people just because they serve. They're doing for people Mm -hmm. they know it's going to really impact. They want the impact, so. Mm You have to be a lot more uh, discerning when it comes to that.
0: Makes sense. So is Vetsu Code mostly volunteer supported or uh, donation supported, or how does that all work?
1: Mixture of both, and mostly volunteers and uh, donations. Uh, all the donations go d- to funding the. Um, resources like to make sure that we will start stop, uh, start spending or keep spending like, you know, the servers that we use with digital ocean, the, uh, resources we use for education, such as replet. Uh, those are CodePen, code pen, our zoom account, things like that. Those that's where your money is going, your money's going. So that way we can support people with are projects, educate, and education. So like, for instance, when we're to, uh, one of our homework sessions with, um, uh, for doing code challenges is all on Replit, So we focus on having, being able, and we focus on being able to teach in you know, like classrooms on Replit. Same way with uh, CodePen, being able to, you know, somebody is having a problem, they put a code snippet because we have that same thing, we can fork it and we can send them a link and, and, you know, collaborate via CodePen. Now there are some technologies out there that's making that easier for us to do Less things like, you know, Visual Studio Code just did Live Share and yeah, so that's something you know. Slack has always been a big supporter, and we've been able to use our Slack nonprofit account to be able to do really cool things. That's where the donations go. The donations go to make sure you know, basically, like when we buy you know a veteran's URL and doesn't have the money at the time to like buy their own domain name, we you know we spend the money for that, or uh, we do basically you know just resources. Like that's where the majority that's where all the money goes resources or like situations like hey we had a veteran that had a job interview in another place and have the money for that we'll buy a plane ticket that's where that's from so that's awesome you know that's where your your money's going slowly for education or job interviews Mm -hmm.
0: that's awesome so well hopefully we can encourage a few more people to go and you know either volunteer or donate but
1: Roger that. I and mean, we always like, especially your JS dev, or maybe you have, even if you have different skills, cause once we learn, our students learn JavaScript, we let them, you know, branch out into other things. Because we understand that yeah. everybody wants to learn JavaScript. Some people are learning Java. We have one student who's a huge fan of uh, Spring, uh, Spring Framework. We have uh, some Rails guys in there who are just, incredibly insane rails we have one guy who's working a lot of chatbot technology with rails and that's cool that's and you know he's able to talk about it he does a lot of stuff on twitch about it and you know he's writing a book on it and the veterans ask him about it and you know that's what we completely fine with that like that's what we we want them to be able to branch out it's just we want to make sure that they have a really good core concept of programming and a manner to help them quickly get a
0: know reach their goals so getting a job as well Yep. Very cool. All right. Well, the last part of the show is picks. Do you have some picks? Do you run your own freelance business? Or maybe you're thinking about picking up some business on the side. Well, then you need FreshBooks. FreshBooks is the quickest and easiest way to get invoices out to your clients. It's easy to use. It works anywhere, available from any device uh, on the desktop, iPhone, iPad, Android. And all of your data is backed up and secure. And it makes it really easy to get organized and get paid. You'll be tracking time, logging expenses, and invoicing your clients in no time. You can also save time billing, freeing up several days per month to focus on the work that you love, and you get paid faster. FreshBooks customers are paid, on average, five days faster because there's a link on the invoice that says, pay me now. And it's a great way to grow your business. Plus, FreshBooks is offering a 30-day trial. That's right, 30-day trial if you try them out. So go to gofreshbooks.com/devchat and enter devchat in the "How did you hear about us?" section. Once again, for a thirty-day trial, go to gofreshbooks.com/devchat and enter devchat in the "How did you hear about us?" section.
1: Oh yeah, I, uh, I guess my big, my biggest current pick is Brian Holt. He just uh, Brian Holt just dropped an intro to web dev version two. who's going on live on Frontend Masters. I like that. That's cool. The next biggest pick will be Pragmatic Studio. Yeah. Uh, or my other... Uh, Mike Clark. Yes, yeah, Mike Clark. Yeah, I love that. That's my favorite Ruby resource. It was, a you know, one of the most useful things I ever did for my career. And, uh, yeah, that's it. Um, yeah, those are my big two picks.
0: Awesome. Well, I'm going to jump in here with a few picks as well. Now, this episode is going to go out in July and... Uh, you know, so I don't know how necessarily relevant this is, but uh, mostly just the thing that's been on my mind lately, we're recording this in May. that That's why I'm kind of, you know, putting a caveat in there because, you know, it's going to come out two months from now. But uh, as we record this, my dad passed away about two weeks ago and, you know, I've I've kind of been struggling with it a little bit, but what I really want to encourage people more than anything else is just to take some time with the people you care about. Make sure that you're, you know, you're you're not, because I don't have any regrets about anything that I did or didn't do with my dad. And I know a lot of people as I've, you know, kind of gone through this and talked to people about it, you know, a lot of people have regrets about the relationships that they had with people and the things that they wish they had done. I mean, things as simple as the last time I saw him, I wish I'd given him a hug all the way down to, you know what, uh, we put off mending our relationship and now we can't so you know just make sure that you're you're doing those things and uh yeah the other thing that i'm gonna pick is mattermost which is a slack clone um it's open source um, i have it hosted on a server on DigitalOcean, and uh, i've been opening up the chat rooms so if you want to go to rubyrogues.com and click on the chat room button it should just let you write in you should be able to set up an account and join um, and I'm setting up rooms for all the different uh, shows. Um, I'm not sure how active those communities are going to be, but hopefully, we have a good number of people by the time this goes live. So, right, yeah, and I'm, I'm
1: sorry for your loss. I just lo- I lost my granddad like a week ago, so I definitely understand that.
0: Yeah, yeah, it's but, hard. I'm sorry to hear about your granddad too. Uh, it, you know,
1: I he lived a full life. Uh, he died uh, due to lung cancer and. You know, he refused chemo and Lula wanting to enjoy the last, you know, year he had. So, as long as, you know, he was happy, that's what mattered, right?
0: Yep, absolutely. All right. Well, if people want to see what you're working on these days, I'm assuming you have a Twitter account, you're on GitHub. Do you have a blog somewhere, maybe?
1: Yeah, um, most of the stuff writing I do is on that Support of Vetsu Code blog. Uh, go on Betsu Code and type the Touch blog. Most of my writing will be there. I'm on Twitter at Jerome Hardaway, GitHub at Jerome Hardaway, Instagram at Jerome Hardaway. But uh, full disclosure, my Instagram is mostly Captain America stuff and food. So, like, you're not going to learn anything programming wise there. <laughs> <laughs> like, it's, your best bet is to just go to uh, my uh, GitHub or Twitter. I'm not as active on Twitter or trying to get there uh, on that. Uh, I was active two weeks ago, but that's because I was at F8 and I Google IL for two weeks. So, um, and that was the most educational and unproductive time of my life. Uh, so you can't really code when everybody wants to take you to karaoke. Um, but yeah, those are the best ways to reach me.
0: All right. Sounds good. Well, I don't have any other things to go over, so we'll wrap this one up and we will catch everyone next week. Bandwidth for this segment is provided by CashFly, the world's fastest CDN. Deliver your content fast with CashFly. Visit C-A-C-H-E-F-L-Y.com to learn more.